Welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the unbiased king. Espinal. And joining me through Discord, as usual, it is the man, the myth, the legend, my partner in crime, the tank top sage, is Joshua Gangsta Time Cole. Well, it's called partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. Yo, what up, Chris? What's good, everybody listening? Oh yeah! Also joining us, it is uh, the man behind the curtain, the uh, the genius, the edge lord. Big news, Brian. What's up, nerds? Hey, hey, hey. We're back with an early one, recording on a Sunday for like the first time in years, I think. Um, well, maybe like two years. I think we, I, we've probably done one Sunday episode before. Um, but we're here, uh, doing it a little early for you guys on this Labor Day weekend. Uh, have a, have, I hope you guys are having a wonderful holiday. Uh, I, I know I have. Uh, it's been a, it's been a good time. But uh, yeah, we got a lot of uh, manga going on right now. We got a lot to talk about. So let's not uh, waste any time. Let's cut these formalities and get into plugs. Uh, you can find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram uh, and TikTok as well. Uh, you could, uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, check out the Shweekly. I guess I should be talking about that more. I have a podcast called the Shweekly, uh that is a comedy parody of the new york times's daily podcast and if that interests you at all check it out we worked really hard on the first season we're working hard on the second season as we speak uh so yeah look at look that up um josh where can they find you on instagram at jd cole underscore 37 and on <laughs> formerly known as twitter um, at New Jump City Josh. I think you uh I think you uh cut out when you said X. Oh I said X too strongly. Yeah, X. probably. X. <laughs> X it's E C K S X. E C K X. Yeah. Well, it's good to know. Brian, where can they find you? You can find me at b.esp on both Instagram and Twitter. If you ever want to catch me when I'm streaming, you can find me at twitch.tv slash it's punchline. You can also follow the show at New Jump City on Twitter. Oh, wait, sorry, X, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, check us out on that. Uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about. Uh, we would love to answer it on our uh, pre-show chat show that we do every week that we put out uh, a couple days after the main show. Um, it's, it's basically our pre-podcast talk that we just like put up, you know, where we talk about various things that are not comic related and some comic related. So check us out on that and uh, we answer questions on there. Email us there. Comment, of course, if you guys want to comment in your questions, you can comment under any video of uh, the podcast that is available on YouTube, whether it's the full version of the podcast or the little highlights that we used to do uh, back in the day when I had a, a computer that I could do that on. Um, I'm still working on it. Uh, we don't have video capability quite yet, and but you know I still put up the podcast regardless every week, so 
uh, check it out, subscribe, like, share. Uh, the algorithm doesn't really look kindly on videos that don't have a, <laughs> a true visual element to it. So if you guys could keep us afloat on that, that'd be super cool. Plus we do the really good chapter of the week polls on there uh, that we also, we did do this week. Uh, so check it out, uh, subscribe to us there. If you prefer audio podcasts, because that's basically what this is right now, um, you can check us out uh, on Instagram, YouTube, uh, or you can check it out, not Instagram and YouTube, or you can, but uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Pandora, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're pretty much on there. So check us out on that. Mama Show You. What? Mama Show You. Oh, yeah, Mommy Show You is uh, our old producer Brian Boss's uh, name for uh what he wanted to do um with the with his like production podcast production thing but we still kept it so look up look out for that um and yeah uh thank you guys so much for listening without further ado let us get in to the show one piece one piece this is One Piece chapter 1091, Sentomaru. Um, last we left Alternate off. title. Shine bright like a diamond. Mm. That is very yeah, apt. A little cheesy, but I had to go for it. It's a it's a very apt title. There's a lot of shining going on. Um, last yeah, we left... for a lot of characters. Oh, yeah. Last we left off in One Piece, uh, the raid on Egghead is continuing. Uh, the Navy has decided to move forward in their advance, uh, sending Kizaru in because he's the only one who can actually get past uh, the lab, the weird laser shield that is guarding the Labo phase. So, you know, he makes it out and he has a pre- he has like a, he makes it a point to go address the Sentomaro situation since they got history. And he doesn't want to just like disrespect him by like stepping over him to get to the Straw Hats. So. Uh, they are locked in battle. Meanwhile, the pacifistas and the sea beasts have started to attack the Navy ships. Um, so they are locked in battle with all of Vegapunk's creations. Uh, we finally get to see what, what uh, multiple chin man's power is. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I don't, I get it's He just has a robot arm, it looks like. And uh, he, oh, yeah. He he walk he jumps up to one of the sea beasts and eliminates them with one punch known as the steam knuckle. It's basically <laughs> steam knuckle. Yeah, you gotta love One Piece for the uh for the sound effects. Oh yeah, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw this. <laughs> Well, it's good that we that Oda actually answered the question of what his deal is. <laughs> it did make me happy to know. Um, but the Vice Admiral seems to be holding their own against the pacifistas. Uh, Kizaru seems to make his way through uh, and, you know, is fighting Sentomaru. Uh, we cut back to the Labo phase where Usopp is letting everybody know that the Navy is going up against the Robo-Sea Beasts. Um, and uh, Vegapunk reminds us that in the hierarchy of the uh marines right now sentomaru is currently in complete control of the pacifistas of which there are 50 currently so as long as he doesn't go down the navy won't have control over the pacifistas so that's uh 
and Usopp brings up the point is like, well, isn't that why he showed up to take out Sintamaru? Uh, and he's referring to uh, Kizaru. And uh, basically, yeah, the answer is right. Vegapunk is lamenting because he's like, I'm sorry, this fight is too cruel to ask of you. I won't blame you for running away. But Sentomaru does not run away. He is facing up against Kizaru, uh, getting knocked back. Um, and he is like kind of on the defensive here against uh, Kizaru. Um, but, you know, um, Kizaru asks him, why did he, since when did he side with pirates? And basically Sentomaru is like, I'll take the side of anyone who creates an escape route for the man who saved my life. And um, we start to get a flashback as to how Sentomaru got involved with Vegapunk and the Marines. Apparently on some island, uh, he, Vegapunk and uh, Kizaru found him as a, as a little boy uh, who, who was, after they were asked to hunt these like dangerous bears, turns out he took them down by himself when he was just a young boy. Um, and uh, he tells Vegapunk and Kizaru that he hates the villagers because they're so weak and he's not going back there. Um, and he, and Sentomaru is like, I'm so tough. I don't even get hungry, but I still want a job and I want money. And uh, Vegapunk is like, oh, uh, why do you want money for? And he says, Onigiri, you know, just uh, food, essentially, even though he says he's he doesn't even get hungry. Um, so, you know, they took him in and Kizaru is like reminiscing on how adorable he was back then. Uh, Vegapunk at that young age enlisted him to be his bodyguard. Um, and it was then that he turned to Kizaru and asked him how to protect Vegapunk. So, uh Kizaru taught him everything he knew, but at the same time, his defense is just as tough as Sentomaru's. And he basically eliminates Sentomaru with one hit, um, taking down the hierarchy and making it so the authority chip that Kizaru has is now in control of the pacifistas. So they turn around and start to attack the sea beasts. Uh, uh, Jay Garcia on the... um, uh, on the ship is basically it's a shame but if we can only keep one it should be the pacifistas you know referring to you know the sea beasts or the pacifistas they would rather keep that um usap lets everybody know that sentomaru's down uh vegapunk is depressed because you know his this his like close friend and bodyguard has been taken down um and they continue to hack uh the 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 shield so they can take so they can escape. Um, Vegapunk is aware of the fact that Kizaru, since he is made of pure light, he can basically pass through the laser sensors. So, and just on cue, uh, Kizaru just does that. He makes his way up to the Labo phase, and uh, he. he uh, meanwhile, the Vega Force, the giant robot uh, that they faced earlier, is carrying the Thousand Sunny around the back so they can escape. Uh, Luffy, Frankie, Bonnie, uh, and among others are on, on the ship eating and I guess recovering their strength. Um, but they hear the emergency alarm, which means Kizaru has made his way in. He starts to make a checklist of things to keep safe, which is the power plant, the punk records, and York. Um, but the people who, the checklist to be eliminated, Dr. Vegapunk. Um, meanwhile, things start to heat up inside the Labo phase, uh, as you know, everybody's like kind of trying to figure out what to do about Kizaru, but Stussy notices that Luchi is now lunging straight towards Vegapunk 
and she basically human shields herself and takes uh, that fucking death poke from Lucci and rescues Vegapunk. Um, Sanji in, you know, perfect, like, strategist fashion, he basically takes the bubble gun from uh, Nami and immediately traps uh, Kaku there. So he also is pretty good move, to be honest. Um, yeah. Although, I mean, whatever. He would have got his face stomped in anyway, but it's true. I guess it's less of a. Yeah, it's one less annoying. person to even worry about. Uh, Zoro immediately attacks Luchi, and he's like, So you got your back up and thought you can make your move, huh? And uh, Luchi says that between Kazaru and me, you're all dead. And Zoro. Oh, well. <laughs> Yeah, he's yes, about to get he has no fucking clue. Bro, he's about to get stomped out by two separate straw hats. <laughs> he already got beat by Luffy pretty handily, and Zoro's about to hand him his lunch again. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they Zoro and Luchi separate off into their own battle. Uh Kizaru makes it to the point where Vega Force is running. Um and uh they're everybody on the ship is like, What he's an admiral, what do we do, Luffy? Luffy and Luffy's already gone. Yeah. My guy is like yards away from Kizaru, and the chapter ends with him immediately just kicking the shit out of him with Conqueror's hockey. Uh, Kizaru looks a little stressed, not for nothing. Where he's like very bad manners, and Luffy. Oh, his eyes are pretty wide. Yeah, and Luffy says that uh, Kizaru, compared to two years ago, we're a hundred times stronger, and. Uh, <laughs> That's where we're left off for the next two weeks because One Piece is off next week. Uh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's, a huge, it's a huge bummer for me, to be honest. But, uh, Josh, what did you think about <sighs> One Piece chapter 1091? Uh, she. RGC. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. What can I say? What can I say? I'll tell you so, what, this week is fucking hard. I'll tell you. Brian, where do you lie? RGC or no? Brian? Nah. He'll probably get back to it. He probably stepped away for a second, but uh, go on he's with your the, thoughts. The anomaly. Yeah, so um, I had some thoughts about the shot, obviously. Um, I'm... I'm so excited that Luffy pulled up to Kizaru. Uh, like, making all of these people that thought Luffy was nervous and mad about that, like, shutting them all the fuck right? up. Yeah, like, I, I, I didn't need it, but, man, is it nice. <laughs> yeah, when has Luffy uh-huh. been scared of anybody? Yeah, like, shut up. You know, I would have been fine if there was a little trauma there. If, like, if, if he had kicked him and was like, and, and was like, oh, I'm stronger now, you know, he... I, I ain't gonna lie, I was kind of hoping he'd be, like, a little bit more serious about the situation. Like, yeah, motherfucker, I remember you. I remember what you put my crew through. Because he knows what time, he knows what it is with Kuma. He knows Kuma's an ally. Uh, you know, yeah, Luffy knows, right? Even though he's dumb. At least the rest of the crew does. I, I don't think, it's him. You know what I'm saying? It's Kizaru who orchestrated that shit. He befriended everybody else in that situation already, right? Yeah. Every, literally everyone except Kizaru. So, um, you know, maybe some more emotion will come out as they fight. I'm so interested to see how this matchup comes out. Um, 
I kind of hope that they gang up on him too. I hope a couple of the of the Straw Hats pull up to fight like with Luffy, just because. Um, but I also wouldn't be mad if it ended up dissolving into fights with the um, the other Marine uh, members. Speaking of, so what were they admirals in the beginning? What do you mean? Uh, the, the, so, all right, so multi chin man. He's a vice he's, admiral. All right, so these are all vice admirals. Yeah. All right, so the ones. So at first, I had a little bit of an attitude that one of these vice admirals pulled up and started fighting against the pacifistas. Because, come on, yo. The, the pacifistas, these are supposed to be stronger than the ones that we've seen on Shibodi, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, to see them getting handled. It was a little annoying, but I guess at the same time, like it's not like they got defeated. None of the pacifistas got defeated per se. No, and one um, of them just took a hit. It looks like they are vice admirals, who you know outside of Smoker are supposed to be pretty strong. So pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry about Smoker. His power is <laughs> so cool, but he just he's lame against anybody with with. Hockey, like yeah, we'll we'll hope that he gets better and he gets stronger himself. You know, that'd be nice. Yeah, he should have joined Blackbeard's crew. That would have been lit. <laughs> he should have joined without Kiji when he pulled up. And yeah, saved him. and he would have had some purpose. Yeah. Um. Don't really have any other thought. I mean, yo, Santamaro went out like a gangster. He cut him, but I don't think he. I don't. I don't think he really landed the hit. I think his room made his body split in half. Yeah, that's what you happened. Know, he uses. Yeah, yeah, because he uses hockey. Yeah. You know, like he can't. He would have been able to cut him. Yeah, or at least he would have slashed him. You know, it would have been a, a gusher of blood, and you know, he still would have been fine and for you know how it is. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> oh. Uh, side note, so I, I seen on an Instagram reel, apparently, and I mean, I guess y'all can fact check it. I don't know if it's for real or not, but the whole, like, blood gushing uh, uh, um, trope is, like, I guess, like, what started out as an accident in, like, a Japanese samurai film. Yeah. The blood true. was supposed to come, like, leak out, but it ended up, like, exploding. Yep. Like how it does, like in Bleach, yeah, you, you, you know that? Yeah. Yeah, how cool is that, man? And they were just like, nah, that's let it keep that shit. That happens a lot in, like, you know, movies and stuff where accidents end up being better than what was originally intended to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, like with scripts, too. Yeah, certain lines. it's like anything, yeah. That happens certain all the improv. time. Yeah, yeah, a lot of succession cool. is, like, not completely script- like, there's a pretty heavy script to it, but the actors are giving liberty to just kind of, like, play around a little bit as long as they hit generally what is supposed to be said sometimes. So, I, yeah. I imagine that happens a lot on movie sets and TV shows and all that stuff. It's happy accidents, I guess. Happy accidents. I like that. <laughs> um. Also, by the way, uh, a... Uh, a panel that could go in for panel of the week. If you go to page 10, uh, and I guess if you count, so one, two, so in the second row in the middle, you'll see uh, Kizaru going, <laughs> right, like laughing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and in my opinion, he's at 
in peak baboon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like Jesus. that is the most monkey peak baboon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like Kizaru does mean yellow monkey. Yeah, I I actually really enjoyed that. Yeah. In the in the least derogatory way possible. Yeah. Well, Kazaru is like all the admirals are like based on real actors. Like Oda puts an obsession. Yeah, somebody told me about that. There, he puts a there's a level of details in the admirals that don't exist in most other characters because they're based <laughs> on real people. But yeah, that's yeah, that is a good pe- candidate for panel of the week. Um, were those all your thoughts? Kuni Tanaka. Who? Oh, that's the, is that Kun- the guy? Yeah, Kuni Tanaka. Let me look at his face. Images. Ooh, he's got. <laughs> he's got the ooh. Yeah, yeah. You, what was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I, I, I'm gonna screenshot it. I just went to Google Images, but this this one in particular, like, just like the motherfucker, yo. <laughs> yeah, Oda really went. It's funny when people say that like Oda can't really draw. It's just he can, and he is a good artist, no matter what. But he can put detail into things and make things like look really real. It's just a weekly series where he has deadlines. Um. But yeah, were those all your thoughts? By the way. Um, yeah, those are my thoughts. Hey Brian, are you back? He's not back yet. Wow, where, what happened to him? Yeah, maybe he died like I did last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I guess I'll go with my thoughts. I am struggling to figure out if this is my RGC or not because there is another chapter that I... There's like two other chapters this week that I really, really liked. Um, I sent a picture in the chat. Yeah, I got it. Wow. It's crazy. That's insane. That picture right there looks like it was straight out the manga. Yeah, for real. It's really funny. <laughs> um, hold on, let me see. Uh, yeah, I yeah, like I said, I was I've really been struggling over whether this is my RGC because I I love this chapter a lot, but there are also like two other chapters that are, have really blown out of the park for me. Um, so I don't really know what to say in terms of that. I guess I'll reserve judgment until we get through those chapters, I guess. But uh-huh. yeah, so far I'm I really like this a lot. I, I think the action was so cool. The Sentomaru stuff, uh learning about his backstory was kinda nice. Cause he's been like a character around for a while. I wondered his involvement. He didn't seem like a marine mm-hmm. really. He was just this kid they found in the woods. Um But the Kizaru versus Luffy thing moment at the very end here got me so hyped i was like yes yeah. finally this motherfucker is gonna get his all these admirals that have wronged luffy in the past are about to get theirs which is really cool um meanwhile hell yeah my favorite thing is luchi is luchi's confidence is unbelievable at this point he got his like shit pushed in like twice, like by Luffy, very, very easily, even with an awakened mm-hmm. fruit. He got beat up pretty bad, and Zoro is basically on the same level. 
you know, he he better not struggle that much. Uh, Odin likes to kind of play around sometimes, <laughs> like in the background. But um, he, he he it better be decisive. I think it kind of makes sense because, you know, Luffy Luffy's fruit is is really powerful, so. I would imagine he stomps over most people pretty easy. More of these tertiary villains pretty easy. I could see Luchi giving him a tiny bit of trouble, especially with an awakened fruit. That's fine. But Zoro better win. Yeah. And somewhat handedly. You know, somewhat handedly. That that there we go. It could be entertaining. Yeah. Entertain us. But let's not <laughs> let's not give any Luchi stands something to say. I don't know how many Luchi stands are out there. It's not even the Luchi stands. It's the it's the contrarian Zoro haters. The people that hate that everyone loves Zoro so much and that overhype Zoro. So they'd be like, see, he couldn't even deal with Luchi. You know? It, go, it gets there, man. It gets there with these nerds. Yeah. Please, Oda. Please, Oda. Give us something, Q. I can't believe it's going to be two weeks again. <laughs> it hurts my feelings. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Brian's back yet, but that's all I really had to say about One Piece this week. I thought it was just like a really great read overall. It was a really great read. Was it your RGC? No, right? I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on the fence. I still got like two others. That I feel like I, I want to go through before I really make my call. But yeah, bastard, you popped you one of them blues and 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 <laughs> and you got me a bastard. <sighs> I'm just gonna said you're I'm a bastard. Leave it at that. You're biased. I'm not biased. You turned your back. Frankly, it's because well, I'm so unbiased. You have a I'm, new favorite son. That's not true. It's because I'm so unbiased that I am reserving judgment. If I was biased. It, Disgusting! Uh, it's mm. terrible, man. What? I don't like it. I don't like how how devoted you are to your unbiased ways. Sometimes it's okay. <laughs> you can play favorites sometimes, especially it, when it's with goat piece. Well, uh, I can't because you know those are the duties that come with being uh, the king. You know. If I was a un, yeah. if I was an unbiased prince or an unbiased duke, you have a hollow heart. I would I would be easier. I'd be more inclined to ha give my uh, biases a little bit of a break, but I can't. Not as the king. I have a duty. Your heart is blue, and 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 there's a hollow in your stomach. <laughs> I don't even know what that as, means. As bars. Oh, there's bars. Well, because that's right. what's going to be the RGC. I'm just going to put the blue C under that series. Well, there's two already, others. Because I know. There's another and one. I'm not even going to What? I, I, I know. I know what you're going to pick already. You don't know what I'm going to It's not pick. one piece. Uh, yeah, I'm already putting the C down. It's too late. All right. You could, make a, you could try to spite me and make a different pick, pick if you want, but the ink's already on the paper. And we all know. Well, we both know. Yeah. And if Brian was here, he'd know too. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. But all right. Well, Brian's not. Brian's disappeared. <laughs> so um, I guess if anything, we'll get his thoughts uh, 
later. <laughs> but in any case, I guess we should uh, move on to our next series then, yeah? Sure. <laughs> Bloody Cross. My Hero Academia. Where's Brian at for My Brian Academia? I don't know. I'm sending out a bat signal. A fiend signal. A fiend signal. A bias signal. Something you know nothing of. I know nothing of biases. I am the unbiased king. Um, you couldn't even choose a starter in Pokemon. That's why you never played it. That was really tough for me when I was young. I was like, who's going to pick? I picked a Squirtle a, a fair amount, to be honest. That's lit. I, I chose Squirtle, too. That was my first starter. It's because I really like Blastoise. Not my favorite, but yeah. I think Blastoise is... Uh, when I was a kid, that was one of my favorites. Yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah. The cannons, yeah, yeah. That's why my dad got it for me. I know he seen the the the, the, the cannons and said, "Yeah, this nigga got guns." That's the one I'm gonna get for you, Josh. Yeah. That's what my father did. Uh, he, he well, he did the right thing. I hope he turns his sword into some gu 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 guns. Uh, mm, nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I'm trying to be more. Uh, I'm trying to be better with the soundboard. <laughs> but. Yeah, I I mean, you know, Turtle Bear with guns. I love it. That's my guy. Yeah. Speaking of devices and weaponry. Yeah, this is uh, My Hero Academia, Chapter 399, Organic Mingling Clusters of Light. What? Organic Mingling Clusters of Light. Last we left I off. I Koshi does shrooms. He, he might. He might. I don't know him personally. I'm not going to say one way or another whether he does shrooms. He could. He does the same drugs that um, that Tite Kubo does when he <laughs> makes his uh, titles. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so last we left off, uh, All Might is continuing to uh, fight All for One, who is just so wrapped up in trying to kill All Might that he's abandoned his plans altogether. Um He's so emotional about taking this motherfucker out that he has to stop fighting him at his strongest at that. Yeah. Yeah, he's currently having trouble with All Might, who is not even quirked up. Uh, you know. But, uh, yeah, All Might is using this mech suit with the inspired by all the powers of his, of his students. Um, so, yeah, it, the battle is continuing on here, all for one is basically like calculated like a mad fool one minute and scampering and hiding the next. Your goal here <laughs> is no mystery to me. And I need no, I need to waste. I don't need to waste excess strength to twist a, that garnet garish grin into an agonized grimace. Power saver mode is plenty enough to, for killing you. And, uh, <laughs> huh? He said power saver mode. Yeah. He sound like sugar Rocky for real. I miss that Shigaraki. Yeah. I miss the old Shigaraki. Same. <laughs> the bad new Shigaraki. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, so all for one uh, all my dodges um one of uh, all for one's attacks only to be met in the skies by these weird faces that are just lurking waiting for him up there. Titanesque. And he's like, liar, because he's like, huh? No, I really am conserving my power. 
And yeah, these, these, this is some trying hot shit, right? Yeah, here. this is really going. This is really like you're working hard, bro. Then again, it is kind of playful. I mean, I, I guess it would have been more efficient to shoot another beam. Yeah. I mean, I can appreciate the variety for, for the artistic state. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is terrifying for sure. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. This is one of my favorite panels as well. Yeah. All for one is like, where'd that lovely smile go? You're nothing but a bag of bones missing half his guts. He's like <laughs> talking yeah. major shit. Both of them. Yeah. Is that smile yeah, while you're on they the got beef? They do. Yeah, this is the uh, This is the most uh, petty beef between two villains and heroes that I've ever seen. These motherfuckers yeah, hate each it. other. I love it too, but it's very funny. Yeah, there's chemistry there, you know, it makes sense. It's lore wise, right? Yeah. Like Dude, he pops out of the wall in the next page just like with that Titan face himself. Oh yeah. He said he, and he slams All Might down onto the ground. Uh, but All Might returns with a fucking pretty brutal punch. The The amount of detail in this small panel with this arm, mechanical arm or whatever it is, blasting All For One in the face. You can see his cheek just blast open almost. It's pretty crazy Dang. the amount of things that he's able to fit on a page, uh, on a single like small panel. But uh, All Might... Yeah, oh, he put that... Uh, pause. Dude. Threw the cannon in his mouth, yo. <laughs> Say, taste <laughs> I didn't even know he did that shit. Boston was wrapped up. Yeah, he did him crazy. <laughs> yeah, that shit was crazy. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I'm that nigga. Yeah. And he's talking oh, shit God. right now. He's just like, you still don't get it, good buddy. He called him his good buddy. That shit is crazy. The lights tend to flicker on and off. So while my light might be snuffed out, someone's sure to pick up my torch and shine on. Um, mm. And then we cut to, as All For One is talking, uh, a hard cut. The hard cut. cut. To uh, Aoyama, who has been basically uh, captured by a villain of some sort. Um, they explain that about 300 meters northeast of Ground Zero for the Divide and Conquer operation. 32 heroes were tasked with mopping up the villains who weren't wrapped up, who weren't warped away, but uh, all but one of those heroes were wiped out. Uh, and it's uh, Aoyama. We see Fat Gum is dying, literally, from this uh, yes. villain named Kunieda. Uh, Bro, all the heroes got wiped out by Poison Ivy. Are you fucking kidding me? All of them. Yeah. So well, this... there was, I mean, there's other villains there, sure. I mean, come on. Uh, Come on. So Fat Gum is like the roots dig down, uh, dig down all slow, like so my fat absorption can't do a dang thing. And he turns over to Aoyama and says, "Show him what you're made of, Aoyama." And I guess he fucking dies right now. Which well turns into one of those flower zombies. <sighs> I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'm. <sighs> I don't know how it felt. About this, just because, like, Vecum has one of my favorite moments in the entire series, to be honest. Oh, yeah, that's an L we all gotta hold for sure. That's, mm. I don't know why you expected anything different. Nice, well, did you? Well, I didn't think he would die, I guess, especially not in this I don't way. Think he's, I don't think he's dead. I don't think they just died. Bro, he looks I don't think it's that. dead. I, he's nah, a flower. It's like, you know, like in One Piece, remember when they was all dried up and, uh, you know. 
Yeah, he's just a flower zombie. It's you know when she gets killed, they'll be fine probably. No, he's this this person says that after just one bloom, the spreading pollen allowed them to propagate like a daisy chain. So they are veritable extensions of myself via the roots. So I think they're just Whoa. dead. Yeah. And um one of Kuneda the is a fucking beast, mass yeah. murderer and corpse collector. Yeah. Oh shit. So yeah, okay, well, well yeah. Are, you know what? It, I guess there goes your boy. Oh, that's sad. Well, here you go. This is uh Wow, this sucks actually. This this that's really the I have a lot of Mario drop kind of kind of hit like He's gone. Damn, come on, fat gum. He's gone. Yo, remember remember like a few months ago when they all scattered and he was there? We was like, yo, like, we're going to probably get to see them fight. Yeah. No, I bet you didn't think it'd be like this. Definitely not. <laughs> well, it's whatever. Anyway, one of these flowers spits out Aoyama's belly button laser belt What's thing. It? And uh, he's like, you've got no escape, no hope for escape, traitor. Without your belt, your power f- leaks freely, leaving you unable to aim. And your desperate training only feeds the plant. So, as I imagine that, hoping you f- hoping to fit in, you became a pawn, his pawn, and accepted a power that was ill-suited for your physiology. To put it mm. bluntly, you've led a pathetic, shameful life. Um. And um. Yeah, all this time his belly button laser is just like charging up and shit. And um Aoyama says, hence why I said Melsi. Reminding myself of how shamefully I've lived is spurred is what spurred me to on to follow in the wake of what the light that they bring. It's given me the desire to shine from deep down within my core. And uh he lets his lasers loose. Um freely and they just kind of like miss a lot of uh the target uh this fucking plant person is starting to talk a lot of shit but right behind him is hagakure who is currently invisible and using her light refract refracting ability to i guess redirect all of the light back onto um the plant guy kunieda i think the name is and defeating him i guess (laughs) if His uh, Aoyama's face kind of makes me laugh here because I think he's also <laughs> caught in the crossfire, so he's also taking a little bit of laser. Um, but yeah, this was a cool moment to be honest. Uh, but yeah, we see uh, at the same time, All Might has this floating device up in the air, um, and it basically uh, he's uh, he starts shouting, I was like, So, no, I'm not here to lose all for one, know this name as you bar- burn away. And as he says, can't stop twinkling, which is Aoyama's hero name. A giant laser beam f- descends from the sky, hitting all my all for one. Uh, it looked like a pretty OP laser, not for nothing. Um, yeah, all for one is definitely like it's it's gonna be more than a scratch. Yeah, it's not good. Um, He's not gonna be all the way okay after this. Yeah, but hey, that was where the chapter ends. Uh, Josh, what did you think about My Hero Academia chapter three ninety nine? Man, that chapter was fucking lit. Um, I in more ways than one. So, like, the funny thing is, <laughs> um, 
This was the runner-up for me. Retroactively. <laughs> um, but I, I still stand on One Piece. I, I was The themes in that was really exciting. But anyway, I... Look, I don't care for Ayama. I'm not emotionally invested in him. He was funny throughout the series, but, you know, I... When we found out he was the trainer, we wasn't feeling that shit at all. Even Brian was starting to waver, which was a big, pretty big deal. But you know, this is just—I really like the uh, the banter between uh, All for One and um, and All Might. It's it makes sense because of their history, and it's it's really bringing me back to like what All Might is uh, capable of. You know, like, he wasn't just this brute power guy. He was a thinker, too. You know what I mean? He was smart. I mean, he wasn't, you know, genius level or nothing like that. But he, uh, he he's maneuvering. He's, he's using all of these abilities to the best he can. He's, like, luring uh, all for one. This is this has been an enticing fight. And I, 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 like, the, I like the little panels of all for one looking creepy, like, in the... In the cut, and like you know, like those crazy monster heads. It was, it was a lit chapter, and uh, you know, sucks that all these heroes and people are probably dead. I still have my doubts, but um, yeah. I guess those are my thoughts. Uh, Brian, do you happen to be back? No. Well, that's fine. Uh, again, I guess I'll get into my thoughts. Yeah, this was uh another. Yeah, I agree. This was a super lit chapter. Um, yeah, the stuff with All Might is very like engaging. They're just like really talking shit and getting <laughs> getting under each other's skin and stuff. It's really cool. Uh, All Might like putting up all of his like pretty much his all against All for One is uh, has been pretty fun to watch. The Aoyama stuff, I agree. I'm not like I. I haven't been like super invested with his trader storyline, especially since like we've talked about it already, like when it was initially like dropped that he was the trader. <clears throat> How it didn't really like impact us very hard. Uh especially since like we we were kind of given the idea that Aoyama was a red herring and the tr real trader is like out there, but it did turn out to be him after all. Um but outside of that, I mean, I thought this was like a fun redemption for him. It sucks that we had to lose Fatcom in order to get this, but I I really um appreciated, you know, what they were trying to do with uh, Aoyama here and allowing him to get a little bit of shine and a little bit of uh, rich um not retribution I guess, but um and not necessarily redemption, but you know, just to give back a little and and try to make amends for you know, selling them out all this time. Um, so I appreciate that. Involving Hagakure was a cool moment too. This was like kind of a one-on-one -on -one battle in a sense, or two-on-one -on -one battle with two characters that don't usually get a whole lot of spotlight actually got it and were able to do something cool before the series ends, especially Hagakure out of all people. Um, so I, I did enjoy that aspect of it and I'm glad that we had this moment between them overall. But yeah, um, 
I'm excited to see what comes next out of this. I wonder if there's just going to be more uh, mixing All Might stories with other students, like gaining small victories of their own. Um, that would be kind of cool. That would be a cool like little method. I wish they had like started that a little earlier, just so. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna persist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just to give like Anima his. Mo oh, well, I guess he did. He he was fighting with the heteromorphs and all of them. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's all my thoughts on my hero academia for now. Um, yeah. Uh, are you uh, ready to move on, Josh? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, let us move onward. Oh, oh shit! Jujutsu Kaisen! And with that, I'm going to toss it over to Josh. Alright, give me one moment for it to pull up. All right, Jujutsu Kaisen, Chapter 234, Inhuman Makio Shinjuku Showdown, Part 12. Oh, I did that pretty good, too. Um, last week, shit hit the fan, pretty much. I mean, Gojo is not necessarily struggling, but he, he's got to deal with fighting three creatures, you know, Sakuda included in that. Um, he's also came to terms that, you know, he's... He has to rely on his purple hollow in order to uh, succeed in winning this fight. That's the gist of it. Um, so we cut to this chapter. Mm. Okotu is uh, basically thinking the same thing I was last week, which is like, yeah, I I'm pulling up to this fight. Fuck out of here. Like, this is too much. Uh, you know, he's getting ganged up on right now. I'm about to show, I'm about to pull up and showed him how you know what it means to gang up on somebody with Rika. And uh uh cash cash money yo is like yo don't interfere because if anyone's gonna go next, it ain't you. Your boy Okatsu started powering up like nigga, what? <laughs> you know, you, I ain't Mr. Rishi, bro. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not hey, 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 ain't no luck here. I'ma fuck you up. <laughs> Me and Rika, you know, will beat the shit out of your sparkly eyes. Stop it. <laughs> and uh, um, I actually forgot his name. What's the uh, Hakari? The other powerful guy. Hakari's like, yo, chill, Okotsu. Uh, Cash money always right. Kojo said he only wants help if he gets weaker than you or me, which will never happen. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Kojo's still like, nah, man, like, fuck that. <laughs> The circumstances change, and I know we can deal with them shikigamis. That's not a problem. And then Maki comes in, and she's like, yeah, 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 listen. I'm the one that's going to fight next. Like, like, like it's, it's the obvious choice, you know what I'm saying? So she also says something interesting, that uh, to not forget his role, and that if he dies, and that if Gojo dies, Okotsu is their insurance. That's interesting. Are they acknowledging that he's the next strongest? I wonder. I'll leave a note for that. Um, so anyway, Maki continues to say, uh, if we beat Sukuna now, then insurance won't be necessary. Oh, no. Uh, a cult two responds that if we beat Sukuna now, then insurance won't be necessary. So that we should take the chance. And then a cult two, and then uh, um, Itadori's like, yo, I, I agree. 
go fucking help him. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, I, that, yeah, I really fucked with this comic. Itadori keeps it a buck all the time. I said, fuck what these niggas is talking about, man. I agree. Go save Sensei, man. They, he taught both of us. They don't know. Um, but the other guy, uh, the new Shadow Man. It's funny the way I remember these characters. I know you don't remember his name. Which one? But uh, he, this guy that says, wait, you don't understand anything. Kusakabe, I think break. his name is. Oh. Uh, yeah, so he tries, you know, he tries to break up the little discussion. And then uh, one of the other uh, veteran sorcerers is like, listen, they each need something different for victory. Gojo just needs to beat Sukuna because, uh, you know, the rest of us could handle Kenjaku. But even if Sukuna beats you, uh, beats Gojo, he got to deal with all of us right after. And that's going to be tough. So, you know, then uh, uh, Chikar. Hikari, oh, it's such a car. Hikari um, is saying, look, he's probably holding out for a really strong move and, uh, you know, you know, insinuating that we might get caught up in that shit. And Okoso agrees. He's like, yeah, we might cause more trouble. And one of the other uh, veteran sources is like, right, you know. Um, something about who's Urami? So that, that, he's he the says that Masu, ice person. Who? He's the ice person that hangs around Sukuna. Ah. I guess meaning like, yeah, if we join in the fight, the ice person will too, and that'll just probably complicate things a little bit more. And he's like, Sukuna can't afford to unload everything he has, but Gojo can fight unhindered. So, you know, this is the best... Uh, um route to take basically so um it's funny because Kashimo is like um all this all this error sorcerers this clueless <laughs> and uh, but meanwhile Kosu was still thinking about like unhindered like what is that supposed to mean I thought that was curious too I don't know why Kosu was thinking that but I kind of figured well it's he still has to worry about Megumi's soul right one way or another but Anyway, yeah. uh, so they basically makes a point to say like this fight is about Go whether Gojo could overcome this or not, basically, and that it ain't our place to intervene. So they finally come back to the fight, and it's a lot of motherfucking action. Your boy Gojo is scrapping with the two Shikigamis, uh, with Nue and and uh, Haka. Hmm, what's his name? I forget Maharaga. this. Uh, yeah, there we go. There's Maharaga yeah, no, and Ma this other. Yeah, I said New Way. I'm, I'm just. It has a name, it, but let's just say New Way, just to keep it easy. Fighting against New Way. Agito um, is the name of the other Shikigami. Maharaga, right? No, it's Maharaga and Agito is the uh, the other one. Agito is the one with the with the New Way and all that stuff that's like yeah, yeah, combined. Yeah. It's a it's an amalgamation of all these Shikigami. Yeah, Sukuna's a cheetah. All right. Um, <laughs> so Gojo is fighting them. He's like, look. He, he notices that uh, that Agito keeps like regenerating really quick. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. All right. Um, I got to find a way to deal with his regeneration because he hasn't adapted. I mean, he, uh, excuse me. He hasn't adapted to limitless energy. Uh, what's called the limitless curse technique. But the condition for me to win 
is to destroy them with one punch, just like for Maharaga. So, I mean, I kind of assumed that what he meant was that he's going to have to knock them out with his really strong move, kind of line them up, like, in bowling. Like, you know, knock them out like pins. But, you know, the fight continues. Uh, Maharaga pulls up. And, uh... Your boy has something special for him. I think he sent a little, I don't know, I guess one of those hollow moves. It looks like he sent, looks like Gojo sent the hollow move into the ground. Um, and then sidestepped Maharaja, and then the fucking uh, hollow attack came out and, you know, did a lot of damage to Maharaja. And then Gojo just levitate. I don't know if he kind of levitates towards a guitar. I, I thought that shit was hilarious. Like his stance. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's <laughs> like, oh, it's your turn. <laughs> I will bestow upon thee this ass whooping. Yeah. Punch that nigga in the face. Um, and he mentions that you're repeating yourself. And he says, I can't let Sukuna heal. I need to prioritize destroying. You don't. So, <clears throat> I guess it's Sukuna monologuing to himself that, you know, he's fine. Um, and that, uh, when when he uses the purple hollow, the output is over 120% with some kind of binding valve. However, I got away with just losing two reinforced hands with taking the direct hit at just under four kilometers. A lot of stuff going on. He's talking about how... <laughs> he's basically saying that... The last time he used purple, he lost two hands, and that was from yeah. four kilometers away. Right, so it's he, so this, he's close. He's a lot lethal. closer he right now. He, there's no way he can take one up close. Yeah, he's really close right now. So he, I guess he can't use it right now. Saying yeah. that like neither of us is at full strength. If he lands a hit with purple, I'm gun. I'm dead. Right, so he's basically kind of waiting on Maharaga to make a play. I guess, like, to, to kind of break, like, this stalemate. He's, or, make you know, a play, to, son. Make a play. Yeah, he's like, come on. He even, it's funny, because he's even like, listen, man, I ain't, I ain't uh, uh, Megumi. I'm Sukuna. I, you, you could go ahead and show out. You know, I don't, I don't, it's funny, because I'm not sure what that really implied, but we'll, we'll see in a moment. Um, so, we see another click from the wheel. Very ominous. And in the next panel, we see Gojo's right arm fly off from his elbow, like getting cut off. As Maharaga sent a, a fucking uh, Omni Slash through the fucking air that sliced the buildings behind him. Pretty big splash. Pretty lit. Yeah. Oh, like Zoro. You know what I mean? Yeah. He did some Zoro shit. Oh, Zoro versus Tsukuno would be crazy. Um. Anyway. Um... And then Sukuna's like, hmm, very good. Hmm, nice. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Everyone's like, yes, you can see what my hand just did. That was the slash in the pack. That was some Sukuna shit. And everyone was like, oh, no, like Gojo's healing power is not really on point. So, man, the assault, the three way assault is underway, and Gojo starts getting. His ass beat like it was a three on one in Smash Brothers. He gets tossed around the stage. And, and um, right when Aguido lands uh, his hit, he's like, oh, my turn. 
And Gojo stops and says, this whole time, you haven't been able to keep up like the others. You saw. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> your boy pops in one of them blues. Hits him with a maximum output blue. And, uh, it's so cute how Maharaga, uh, shields Sukuna from, yeah, the, for real. from the blast. Yeah. He said, come Check here. My come with me, Fraud Kuna. Let me save you. Uh, Please, Fraud Kuna. Gets, gets fucking obliterated. Um, and as we get a monologue from Gigi himself saying, 41 <laughs> seconds from now, right? It's Gigi. Yeah. Yeah. 41 seconds from now. Right. Yeah. We can agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the second time, Satoru Gojo's hollow purple will cut through Shinjuku. Man, Japan's just not going to be the same. No, they're taking a lot fight. of fucking damage. <laughs> it's it's going to be like Mad Max out there, like for a little while. Um, like yeah, the 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 the, the little wars, the what was like the territory battles, that those did damage to the city. But this right here, Shinjuku, is well, like the aesthetic I, I'm thinking of is um. Uh, what was that anime? The dude that would like, that would like, uh, touch you. He would like tap people, oh, and Fist then of like, the North they wouldn't Star? even know they was dead. Fist of the North Star. Yes. Remember how them cities looked? Yeah. Yeah. yeah wastelands. Deserted wastelands. No one's going to work in that building again. Nope. I'm, I'm done stalling. It was been the end of the chapter. I just have to get my shit off. Uh, Chris, what were your thoughts? Wow. On what was your favorite chapter of the week? You know what? This this was my RGC. It's just so good. I'm sorry. I tried to be I tried to be uh a little more unbiased, I guess, but this one got the better of me. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen is my really good chapter of the week. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Was was the was the um defining moment when he shot Agito with the with the blue? Yeah, I honestly your narration got me super hyped. Where I was just like, let's fucking go. This is my RGC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he said hold one of these real quick. First of all, he looked at Agito and he says, You're out of your league, little buddy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, this is also like uh, well. I can't say it better than you did. Like, yeah, this this was also like ass whooping of the week, I think, for Akito. Oh hell yeah. I mean since tomorrow got his Obliterated. Yeah, yeah, there's no there's no doubt about that, right? It was but, disrespectful. Because um, here's the thing. Agito did not land that blow. That was that was uh that was the inviability that Agito can't negate. Coming in and not and he's just not good enough. He just got like destroyed. <laughs> that is hilarious. And Gojo looked her in the eye and was like, you're not he you're not you're not her. You can't do this. And he blasted her away. You're a false idol. Yeah, get out of here. Said maximum output blue just to just to fucking show her how far she was behind. And she's gone. 
destroyed. All that spirit bomb. You see nigga. that splurt at the last page? That was her. That was Agito. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going splurt. Exploding into pink mist. Yeah, Maharaga has fear in his heart. Speaking his also, heart. if you look, if you look at that last panel, Gojo is healing his arm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. So, yeah, this is just, um, I, I, it is just like the the great part of Jujutsu Kaisen's fights is that they're very strategic, but they also do beat the shit out of each other. Like it is very hardcore brutal battles where they're like actively just trying to beat each other down but in the smartest possible way it's it's really cool to see and it's just exciting to read and really fun Uh, i'm having a great time reading jujutsu kaisen right now um i'm yeah the anime is gonna be so fucking bro crazy when it gets to to this oh my god they're they they're uh the shibuya arc is starting uh in like a week or two, and I am so fucking excited. But this this is insane. Um, I'm I'm so excited to read Jujutsu Kaisen right now. So yeah, uh, so much fun. But uh, Josh, what did you think about the chapter? I really like the chapter, obviously. Yeah. Um. Yeah, some thoughts I had. What is the deal with Maharaga learning uh, Sukuna's moves? It's not like he did any new shadow stuff. But I guess, excuse me, guys, I have the hiccups. You just have to bear with me. Um, oh, hold on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I tried to burp to help with that. But anyway, um, I, I wonder if it's the fact that he like takes after uh the user's ability like their style because i don't think he's going to be able to use like curse techniques of sukuna or, or nothing like that but is are his slashes his curse technique is that how that works sukuna's technique yeah or yeah is that just his like i don't know yeah that's his curse technique right the slashes yeah i don't know i don't know if that's necessarily like he's using Sukuna's technique specifically, but it may or more that it is a Sukuna-esque type thing. Like it may not because Sukuna's whole technique is that it's unrelenting like slashes. Like he's just constantly sending out waves of slashes at you. But I don't think uh, it is similar to Sukuna, but it's not necessarily Sukuna's technique, I would say. Okay. Well, I guess we never seen any of the new shadow stuff because Megumi never fought with him. Yeah, I'm there was a there was a chapter in the Shibuya arc that explained Sukuna's like curse technique more specifically. There's dismantle and there's cleave. And I think cleave is just like you you just send a bunch of uh slashes and I think dismantle is literally you're like taking things apart. Um but uh, yeah, if you wanted to continue on, where I'll actually look into it. I have the volumes right here, so I'll uh, I'll check a couple pages for you. Yeah, I guess that was like the uh, my my biggest uh, lingering thought about uh, the chapter that 
That small detail. I like that they had a conversation of addressing that there's a good reason why we're not all going to combine our efforts to destroy Sukuna. You know, that's very Gigi-like -like to think about the loopholes. That's what he's best at. Okay, I found it. Um, so, Sukuna has two, slash, two types of slashing attacks. The main attack is Dismantle, and the secondary attack is Cleave. Uh, and the secondary attack, Cleave can be adjusted depending on target's toughness and cursed energy level to cut them down in one fell swoop. Uh, so, you know, I guess it's a difference between that and Malevolent Shrine differs from other types of domain expansions in that it doesn't create a separate barrier using... Uh, doesn't create a separate space using a barrier. The ability to cut... The ability to realize one innate's domain without using a barrier akin to... Is akin to a paint, uh, an artist painting a masterpiece, a masterpiece, but not on a canvas, but on air, which is pretty crazy. Um, Very crazy indeed. So he has uh, for anything with cursed energy, he uses cleave, and for anything for inanimate objects, objects he uses dismantle. So. Just a quick lesson, I guess, on his technique, basically. I wonder if it's just, like, Cleave zooms in on, like, people with cursed techniques or cursed energy specifically. And uh, mm. just, like, dismantle is for everything else. Attack. Yeah. Dismantle is for people who don't have any of those things. Um, but, yeah, I don't think Maharaga is necessarily copying his techniques. I just think he did something similar, but who's to say, I think it's not very clear to be honest. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, those are my thoughts. I popped me one of them blues and so did, uh, Sotaro Gojo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you went absolutely. Crazy. And I'm, I'm looking to see more colors. I want to see red, uh, purple. Hopefully he has green, yellow, and silver as well. If he, how, you know what I'm how, how hyped up would you be if he ended it with green? If he had a green technique, wow! I would, um, I would elevate into levels of euphoria <laughs> never before seen. If his final technique that kills both Maharaga and Sukuna at the same blow was green, you would lose. Right, it. and then when he uses it, he looks like it's so easy. Yeah. Not that it was easy, but like the facial expression It's just like, of course, I used green. Yes. Yeah. Like you and you should have known. You should have known that I would use green. I, I, yeah, but I'm superior. And my because of my superior skills and abilities, you didn't foresee this. You lacked the imagination and fortitude that I have for the cursed arts. You know what I mean? Something that he doesn't have to say all of that. It just all of that has to be shown in his facial expression. Yeah. A picture's worth a thousand words. And that was only like, that was probably under a hundred words. So, yeah. I could do it in a panel. Definitely. But, yeah. All right. Well, that was Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, are we ready to move onward? Yes. All right. Let Is us... Agito ready to move onward? Uh, to the next life? I don't think she had a choice. <laughs> She got moved onward whether she liked it or not. I think Aguido made that choice when they tried to punch. 
Gojo in the head. Definitely. That was that was their mistake. He said it's Ron ready to die. Die. Huh. Well, all right. With that said, uh, let's move onward then. Bow, bow, bow. World trigger. Yeah. What? <laughs> we missed you. Oh, yeah. We, you were missed, World Trigger. This is World Trigger Chapter 236, uh, Mirai Hatohara. Uh, last we left off, we we're still in the uh, away exam arc here with the... Oh, geez. I dropped the soundboard. Uh, with the uh, World Trigger crew. And um, last we left off with World Trigger, we had uh, Nino Mia and Emma confronting each other over the uh, what's been going on with their team and why they are suddenly not doing as well as they used to. Um, and they got into a bit of an argument. Uh, Emma is questioning uh, Nino Mia's leadership skills. And, uh, and Nino Mia right back has also questioned Emma's, uh, I guess, um, what, what's the right word for it? I don't know, his uh, his assertion as a teammate, you know, like his willingness to stand up and help his teammates and not necessarily look to a leader and, you know, to, to do it for him. Um, and after all, uh, they got into an argument where uh, Emma brought up Hatohara and saying that, like, this, your the way you act is why she left your team, probably. Um, and Nino Mia's like, she didn't, like, leave my team necessarily like she's in the neighborhood and we are given a little bit of a flashback starting this chapter about Hatohara and her disappearance from Nino Mia's perspective um and it starts with Nino Mia in the uh high office of the border HQ with Shinoda um the uh I think his name is Kido the the main guy and the R&R guy whose name I I forget also but um yeah, he's basically saying, I refuse to accept this. By all means, we should have passed your selection test. Tell me why my squad's not allowed on the away mission. And they basically explain is because uh, Hatohara is, didn't shoot anyone throughout the entire season. So she has no part, uh, she has no business being part of the away mission. Uh, she has an apparent inability to shoot others, and that will leave her unable to defend herself in the neighborhood. So, you know, you should, it should be obvious why that is a big risk. Um, I guess. And he's like, "Why you're so eager that you're that eager to come? And he's like, why don't you just apply as an individual? I mean, like, nobody's going to say no to you because you probably, you know, nobody's going to say no to you joining the squad. And, you know, Mia says... Like, nigga, it ain't about that. Yeah. It's about the gang, bro. For real. He says... And Altahara really wants to go, too, so... He basically says, like, this whole thing, <laughs> like, we want to go to the away mission because Hatohara wants to go. And, um, yeah, she, uh, the R&R guy is like, yeah, we understand that we, we're aware of Hatahara's brother. And Nino Mia uh, cuts him off by saying, my squad is more than capable for making up for Hatahara's reluctance to shoot others. After all, there will be operators and engineers and other non-combatants as well. So why is Hatahara in particular such a problem in your eyes? And uh, Kido says that there are limited, there are limited personnel squads uh, personnel slots for the mission so you know including a squad with two non-combatants just having Hatohara on would be a burden for the rest of the crew 
you know? Uh, and he's like, is that a reason? Is that not enough of a reason to satisfy you? He's like, well, and Nino Mia uh, responds, but in that case, I would prove to you that even with two non-combatants and even with Hatohara refusing to shoot anyone, my squad will not prove to be a hindrance to others. And he says that once we claim the top spot in the A rank, I ask that you permit my you permit us to join the away mission. And Kido says, like, well, we can't make that promise at the moment. But once you set out what you've achieved to do, we will at least consider allowing Ninomiya's squad's participation. And he says, this conversation is over. See yourself out. And uh, I guess Ninomiya, we cut to him waiting by the elevator when Inukai shows up. He's like, oh, I think Izumi. Sorry, my bad. He, uh, Izumi, the number one shooter in Border, uh, pulls up. He's like, hey, man, are you doing okay? You look kind of down. And uh, Ninomiya just walks up to him and he says, teach me how to shoot like you. And he's like, what? Where is this coming from? He's like, I'm asking you to teach me everything you know about marksmanship. And um, <laughs> Izumi is like, well, we're rivals at the moment. And you're already uh, ranked higher than me as a shooter. So, you know, how about we each polish our skills and see who who's stronger in the rank, in the rank wars? So as Izumi walks away, uh, Ninomiya is like, Izumi! And he turns around and uh, Ninomiya is like bowing to him. Basically, he's like, I'm begging you. You can tell that I mean it. And uh, we then cut to uh, Japanese style bow, like yeah. not on his knees. No, just a uh, just a standing bow. Um, and Ninomiya is now. We cut to the point where he's explaining to his team that they will not be joining the away mission this season. And uh, Hatohara immediately apologizes because it's her fault. But Inukai and the other teammates are like, "Hey, it's not your fault. You know, there's, you know, you don't need to apologize." Um. And uh, I forget uh, this particular border member's name. I know he's an attacker. He uh, says that, do you think that they will actually consider us to become, to if we come first in A rank? Um, and the operator is like, well, all they said that they, is that they consider it. That's not much of a, a promise. And Ninomiya says like, well, never, nevertheless, taking the top squads at least will be able to quell the notions that other squads will be burdened by our presence, you know? So the very idea that we would uh, hinder squads weaker than us is completely baseless. So, you know, he's trying to beat them on a, on a logistical level where it's like, if we're so bad and we're going to hinder you, then how do we end up the strongest? How are we going to hinder people who are weaker than us? How are we going to be like a burden on folks that we rank above? Um, so to be fair, um, I, I, I just, I just got to say like, even if they did make the top rank or whatever within this competition, that's not fighting out in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a completely different environment. And then on top of that, yo, like if, 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 if shooting another neighbor is, you know, and not being able to disarm them, but really having to like shoot them because they have some type of crazy ability that they, you know, that disarming them wouldn't work. Right if it came down to that situation, if you can't shoot somebody, now that teammate is going to be dead or worse, a whole group of them or you and the group. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think there is, I think it's valid personally. I don't, I don't think they're wrong for that. No, I don't think so either. I think it's like Neomia just like trying to get his friend on board because I think like it's, it's kind of mirroring what Tamakoma too is going through with Chica and all that, but we'll get, we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I have more thoughts with that, but I wanted to get that out. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, But Hatahara says, like, what if the answer is still no? Will it all have been for nothing? Everything that we would have done to make it that far? And Inukai is like, well, we're always trying to get to the top spot anyway. So, you know, in a sense, we're just going at it like we always do. Like, we would do this whether this was the condition or not, you know? And uh, Nino Mia adds in that, like, it may take longer than expected, but mark my words, leadership will acknowledge us as an away as away mission material. That mission's meant for the for all five of us. You hear me, Hatahara? And Hatahara's like, yeah. She smiles, and it's kind of a cute little moment. Um, we cut to Emma, who is talking to Hatahara right now, and uh, uh, Emma is also surprised that the Ninomiya squad was was turned down for away mission. And uh, she's like, yeah, but, you know, leadership gets to call the shots. And they said, did they give you a reason? And she's like, yeah, they don't think I can do it because I can't shoot others. And I should have known. Um, and he says, and Emma adds that, like, it doesn't make any sense. Toma gets the green light, but they said no to you. I guess implying that Toma is just a, a weaker sniper. But, um, yeah, Hatara says, like, there's, I just feel like I let LOL. Well. Yeah. He's like, I just feel like I met my squad mates down. I let my squad mates down, especially since I was the one who was like really trying to get us on board to begin with. And uh, Emma reassures him, is like, it's fine. Nina Mia's uh, squad seems always so laid back anyway, you know? Um, And he's like, well, sooner or later, leadership's going to realize that your obvious talent, Satohara, and maybe you'll even manage to overcome your problem someday. And uh, there's a pause, and Hatohara says, like, that's kind of you, Yuzuru, but I don't think I ever will. There's just something wrong with me. And I think she hangs up after saying, I'm sorry. And shortly after that, Hatohara vanished. Um, and we cut to Ninomiya, who looks stressed. He's like, fuck. Um, and uh, they get a call to that it's meeting time. Um and uh, Nino Mia is feeling the weight of responsibility more than he should. Oh, I think they're like using their telepathy thing to talk to each other. Um, so, you know, they're trying to keep a lighthearted mood for him because he is he's pretty much taking on the burden of Hatahara's disappearance. Uh, Kido mentions that they have a cover story for Hatahara's disappearance, saying that Hatahara was, uh, received a disciplinary discharge after a violation of involving Borders classified secrets. And they already told everybody. He's just letting them know. And on top of that, uh, because of this incident, Ninomiya has been uh, demoted to B rank. Uh, and the next se- and during the next season, they won't be allowed to rise back up. So I guess they basically were banished from being A rank ever again. Um, and he says, any objections? And Ninomiya says, none. Um, so, you know, everybody is reading now what Hatahara did. And Emma is in complete shock. Um we cut to him with Kageura squad who are kind of like talking about it and they're just trying to wondering what's going on with her. Like this doesn't seem right. And Kageura mentions that like, well, she was dying to go on the away mission, right? Maybe flunking the test center into spiraling despair basically. And uh, Emma like points out that she actually passed that test. It's just leadership stuck, stood in her way. And he's like, if only I had t- taken the time to hear her out. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, yeah, they're just trying to figure out what's going on right now. Um, 
but the operator for Kagira Squad mentions that like the only option is to call her out themselves. And uh, Emma's like, call her out. How do we do that? And uh, she basically says, via TV, you know, Arashiyama squad gets to make TV sure. appearance. Why don't we do that? <laughs> and Kagura's like, you're just going to ask them for a favor? He's like, no, no point in that. But it's got to be Emma because, you know, he'll call Hatohara out and she'll get in touch. There's nobody closer to her than him. And she's like, what do you say, Yuzuru? And, you know, they're like, okay. And it's nice. They approach Nezumi, who's like the PR guy for Border, um, and asking uh, ask him basically to be a PR squad. And the um, Japanese counterpart to Owen Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> Kachow, you guys want to be a PR squad? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Oh wow! Wow, that's crazy, man. Um, and basically, he's like, "You guys want to be a PR squad? Are you sure?" And they're like, "Yep." What could be wackier than putting a squad f- like uh, uh, full of odd balls like us on the air? And uh, Nezumi is like, um, I don't know about this. Uh, yeah. I don't know about this, dog. Sounds like a lot of things could be wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and uh, Zoe is like, well, we'd be appealing to a whole different demographic than our Arashiyama squad because uh, Yuzuru is so young. He's like the he's like the little kid on the block. Um, and uh, Emma, like, basically just, like, please let us do this. And um, Nezumi is like, hmm, yes, yes, I've I've heard you. I will consider the matter. But you know that you'll also need approval from the commander and the director, right? And they're like, yeah, for a second. You know, like, they think they, they've made a step forward. And Nezumi starts to walk away saying that, like, I do feel bad for them. But this the risks... Uh, far outweigh the, the the merits and it doesn't matter i'll tell them i'll simply tell them no after mulling them over and kageura of course because of his side effect feels all that shit uh and he says yo mister he pull he pulls up to nezumi and he's like real nice give given real nice are you giving them a false sense of hope while you stall and he's like what are you talking about i said i'd consider he's like and kageura just cuts him off saying like that pity of yours cuts deep, you hear me? And he uppercuts Nezumi, uh, yeah. sending him flying. Uh, and the very next day, there is a notice at border saying that in light of Agent... Uh, oh, I, I thought his name was Nezumi, but his name is Netsuki. But he says, like, in light of Agent Kagura's assault of PR director Netsuki, Kagura has been demoted to B-rank and cannot advance to being... Oh, they were... They were A rank at this point, actually, it turns out. And they mm. cannot advance to back to A rank during the second season. So yikes. So that's why So that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Damn, they were really skilled. They broke his neck. He has like a caster he has like a, a collar on his neck. But uh Zoe was basically like, well. We got. We're lucky we didn't get fired outright because if Kakizaki hadn't like kissed serious butt like he did, I bet Kage's career would have been on the chopping block too. Um, you know, he's. They're just like kind of grateful. That's all they got away with. Um, and Kagura is like, well, fuck that shit. I can't help it. Stuff like that pisses me off. Yeah, so, that was a nice little moment for Kage. I love. I love Kagura for that. Oh yeah, sticking up for his people. I mean, he couldn't help it, but still. 
Well, he felt it. He could have. He, he only felt the emotion. It was his. It was his choice to go up and punch Netsuki for that. Man, he would have did that shit regardless. Yeah, for sure. But no, still, it, that you know, he held it down for his squad. Ah, uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. That's why he's the captain. Um. So you know, they're basically like, well, it's back to the it's back to square one with the search for Hatahara, and uh, Emma's like, well, whatever. I guess we should give up on that. I mean, she left without a word. She obviously didn't doesn't want any of, want to see any of us. And uh, Kagura's like, "Come on, come on, Yuzuru." He's like, "Well, I've already accepted it, and I'm sorry you all had to coddle me." Um, and now we cut to the present, where Emma is like, "Hatohara's in the neighborhood," and Ninomiya explains, "Like, yes, and there's a high chance that Hatohara walked off base with some triggers and teamed up with a non-border entity and smuggled herself into the neighborhood." So, you know, they're like, wait, she smuggled herself with people like that are not in border. And they're like, I understand on a logical level why she would do some such a thing. From her point of view, she was stuck wondering if border would ever let her join an away mission. However, why would that fool vanish without a word to you or her squad mates and choose to allow ally herself with outsiders? He's like, as you were so eager to point out, uh, perhaps my approach was problematic. And maybe I did indeed drive Hatahara away, but that doesn't mean I will take any of this lying down. I need her reasons directly, and that is my goal on this upcoming mission. And that's where the chapter ends. Uh, Josh, what did you think about World Trigger Chapter 236? This was, uh, this was an interesting chapter. World Trigger doesn't... Uh, they, don't, they don't do flashback. They don't do flashbacks super frequently, at least not like deep flashbacks actually i don't know i feel like i'm talking on my ass we get a lot of flashbacks for the characters it's not yeah that's let me not say that well anyway um this one this has been a little mystery for a long time in world trigger this is kind of one of those you know one of those storylines that it doesn't come up a lot but when it does it like reminds you and you're like oh yeah like this is a whole because there's still things we don't know, right? Um, we don't know how the hell Hatahara ended up in um, in the neighborhood at all. Like, how did we go from from her, you know, learning about the squad being demoted? I mean, learning about, like, you know, not being able to go on the away mission because of her skills to just disappearing. And then into the neighborhood at that, you know? Like, how does Nino Mia know that for sure? Like, there's, there's something he knows. Uh, he, but he doesn't. <sighs> oh wait. No, Nino Mia doesn't know how she got oh, through. Oh, right, he doesn't. No, they they mention it here. I guess I guess I kind of glance over it. So there's a high chance that Hadahar walked off the base with some triggers, teamed up with a non-border entity, and smuggled herself into the neighborhood. How though? How well, you know, she yeah, neighborhood. It's assumed that she went with Chica's brother as well. Like, he was one of the people who also disappeared into the neighborhood. Oh, but, right. That's the link between Hatahara and, and, um, and, um, Chica's, and Chica herself. Okay. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, a lot of mystery here. So, it, it was cool seeing that side of Nina Mia as well, like, I mean, I, 
he's you know he's always been the stern serious type and he still is in the past no doubt but he really does care about his squad he has a lot of heart he just expresses it you know in a different way and he even sympathizes with the fact that you know his teammate couldn't shoot and he thought creatively like yo we can get around that so fucking what you know we still put in work so like Nino Mia is really starting to blossom into this deeper um reliable character you know like that that kind of archetype that I, I guess i didn't predict that being the case at least not at this point but yeah he's that nigga i mean even him going over to that or oh, going over to the other um the other organization member and asking him to train like another fellow shooter to train him i, I thought that was really interesting too because he he asked to teach him how to shoot in a certain way, I guess. But I was wondering if he was learning that so that he could help Hatahara. I don't know. Or maybe so that he could better support her with his own shooting. That's dope. You know, Ninomi is cool, and he's going to have a lot of shining moments uh, in the neighborhood. I know that. He's going he gonna to definitely have his moment when he pull up and save everybody. And provide a whole lot of fucking firepower. Him and Nasu. Nasu's still low key my favorite. Natsu? Uh Nasu. Nasu yeah, Nasu. the other shooter. The, she's like she was another like top five shooter. No, I remember her, yeah. Nasu's yeah, yeah. Great. She was really dope. She defeated um, one of the Gallipola uh invaders. Yeah, she smoked them. Um, by herself, really. Yeah, she has all the custom, the the super customized uh, bullet tracks and shit. No, she she uses the same bullets as as other people, but she is able to, like, move them in real time. She's one of the few people who can do that. Oh, is that what it is? Mm -hmm. I'm actually surprised. I thought that. Like I, I think with her I, viper. I guess the way she and. But the viper, oh, the viper bullet is a bullet that you set a trajectory ahead of time, and it yeah. follows that trajectory. But she can program a trajectory, like as it's happening. And so she can't. That's she, just with her with her skill. Not yeah, like that's with her skill. It's not a skill that mo many other. Ability. Like it's her and I think Izumi who can do that. Izumi is the other girl. Izumi is the number one shooter guy. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, there's the there's the girl that's the number two shooter. Remember, she had like the the bubble looking uh um, um trigger, like her shot. It was when Galapola invaded as well, and we seen it. We didn't really get to see her fight too much though, but her bullets looked like goop. It was kind of cool. Um. Anyway, I'm trying to think if I have any more thoughts. This this kind of brought up, I guess this chapter really made me think about Chica's development again and how, like, far she's come. Like, from when they, they, they identified that she couldn't really shoot people, like, after a couple rounds. It was kind of crazy because everyone started making it a thing. And then it became something they had to focus on. Yeah. Um. But 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 she overcame it. You know that was a, against Nino Mia's squad, no less. 
Um, nah, she shot. She shot. No, that was her first kill, right? That was yeah. That was her first real kill, like shooting somebody without like the lead bullets and stuff. Yeah, Chica. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just yeah, it made me think about her development. Yeah. This is such a great series. All these things kind of link into each other in a way. Yeah. So maybe him having this conversation with Emma is gonna help both of them as snipers because he had, he had not he had the intent to want to help out his teammate Hatahara. So maybe he can teach them some new stuff too, as snipers. And then with, with the other, you know, the number one sniper guy, there as well. It's just cool stuff. A lot of potential here. Ima, uh, Ima and 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 uh and Chico got to come out of this fucking savages. Yeah. Chico might even learn some type of shooting skills, yo. That would be fucking crazy. Well, Chica is a skilled sniper. Like she's not like the best or anything, but she's really she's like pretty good. She's probably above average as a sniper. She just has like recently gained the ability to like shoot people. Yeah. Which, you know, is important. <laughs> I like to, th- I remember when they were like, they pulled the parallel between what Hatahara was going through and Chica. And Chica's like inability to shoot people was more like out of fear um, for the most part. And Hatahara seems to have like such a hardcore ideological thing for sh- like shooting people. I know there was like a parallel drawn between them. That Chica was just like, no, I think you're perfectly capable of doing it. I think you're just scared for whatever reason. Where Hatahara was just like, she lit. It wasn't because she was scared, because she was able to like shoot at people, like to disarm them. It was more that like there was something off about her, regardless. I don't know. I we have to obviously. Yeah find out you're right it is a little deeper because chica couldn't shoot at people at all um it was it was more than just killing them i think I, maybe it's just as simple as that with hatahara is that she just truly does not want to kill anybody I, I mean that'd be enough for me personally but man it'd be way more interesting if um there was something deeper with it like what maybe her ability doesn't allow her to or something i don't know Maybe yeah. something devastating happened and she, she knows, like, I can't kill people because it'll fucking erase their existence. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we don't know that much about Hatohara. This is the actually the most time we've spent with Hatohara in the entirety of the series. So, um, yeah, I, there's only so much we could draw on, I guess. But um, I guess uh, as far as my thoughts, this was like, Literally my sec. I guess this will be my second place one in terms of RGC. I was really like debating with this one because I love the development with Ninomiya and how we're seeing like the other facets of him because for a long time he was just this hard ass fucking guy who was just an elite. He was a beast. He didn't seem very emotional and, and very caring. But uh, as the as the exams go on, we just see that he's just like kind of a high-strung guy, but he deeply cares for people. And uh, he has yeah. a lot of respect for his teammates. And he's very similar to Osamu in, in a lot of senses. You know, not in skill, obviously, but he's just like a guy who wants to help his people. Um, so I, I really, 
uh, it was nice to see that side of Nino Mia, to see him like stressing over the fact that he won't be able to help his teammate accomplish her goals. Um, really like made him upset, you know. And on the flip side, we also see like Kageyura. You know, it's funny how both of them got like kind of disbarred for looking out for it, like because they had impulsive team members. You know, like on one end, the we have Nino Mia who had the impulsive team member in Hatohara, who just like did what she did and and like caused them to be kicked out of A rank, and Kagura has Kagura squad, like Kagura squad has Kagura, yeah. who was also impulsive enough to get them kicked out of the A ranks for different reasons. Um, but Kagura is one of my favorite characters in this series, and this was like a really good shining moment for him. Um, I, I, I'm a yeah, sucker. This is a core moment for his character. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a sucker for these like uh, these uh, tr- troublemakers with a heart of gold type guys. Uh, these are my favorite types of characters, dudes who like are badasses, but they're they're very sweet people, <laughs> and they do th- they're bad boys for their friends. Um, yeah, but. I had a great time reading this chapter. Oh, gingerbread just came out. <laughs> My cat Aww. gingerbread. Um but yeah, it was uh yeah, this was just like a great chapter to read. I I it, Hatahara is one of the looming mysteries over this series for a long time and I'm glad we got a little Hatohara. And I'm glad we got some knowledge about who she is and why she, and like how Nino Mia saw her. Um but yeah, that's uh, that's all I got to say about World Trigger. A fantastic chapter all around. But yeah, that's all I got for now. Um, you ready to... Atahara was, was Ima's mentor, right? Yes. Like she... Okay, that's... She taught him how to shoot and all that stuff. Right, right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, uh, you ready to move on, Josh? Yeah. All righty. With that being said, let's move onward. Yeah. Uh, Undead Unluck. And with that, I'm going to toss it over to Josh. All right, chapter one, number 173, That Jerk As He Stands Is by Yoshifumi Tozuka. Um, Last week, we wrapped up Chikara's arc. He decided to join the organization after witnessing Uma's and delivered a clutch unmove attack. Um, that froze the color, the color with a with a O U R, just so you guys know. Um, and I froze him in place so that uh, Foucault could deliver the finishing blow, and then he was like, "Yeah, I want to be a part of this life." And even though Foucault didn't want that to be the case, she's into free will, so she let him do it. So we cut. Cut back to the organization, and they're, I guess, deciding it's time to uh, skip ahead into the future. So they're deciding who's going to uh, stay. Um, um, I'm trying to, okay, sorry, guys. I'm trying to figure out exactly who's not going. It's not clear. Is Chikara going to the future with them? Yeah. Okay. Right, okay. he's there. He's there already. 
Mm, yeah. Ah, you're right. Okay, I'm still stuck on the first page. So, yeah, you know, all t- there's a bunch of different union members. So the, one of them that's staying is um, Unbreakable, the old man, because the, uh, the, his daughter is born, or his granddaughter, I guess, is born, and he wants to be around to, to raise her, which, yeah, you know, <laughs> that makes total sense. You know, 15 years... Uh, I think that's yeah. I think they were going ahead sixteen years. Yeah, sixteen years is that's their whole childhood right there. So understandable. Um, but mostly everybody else is staying. I think uh, one of the scientists is is uh, going to the future with Nico, literally because the other scientist was like, "Yo, we need time to learn so we can surpass you." I was kind of fucked up, <laughs> but I guess. <laughs> Like, like, wait, so you want to get rid of me for 16 years? I mean, I guess. Whatever. So, um, the, the book apocalypse is like, damn it, I hate that child using me the right way. And, (laughs) and successfully at that. Shit. 16 years skipped. Okay. Um, and, um, Nico's like, damn, like, uh, you. Oh no! So Apocalypse is trying to tease Fuko and say, "Oh, you might have missed Negators." Like skipping ahead, how you feel about that? You can. And Fuko's like, no, no, I'm not worried. There's none guaranteed. Nico is like, what the fuck you mean? Like, how how do you know? Like, um, because he's, he he makes a good point saying like, yo, this this loop is different from from the previous one. So there's there's. No guarantee that, you know, everyone's going to come in at the same time, right? And she's like, nah, trust me. I asked somebody. <laughs> and Nico immediately is just like, yeah, is, is this some bullshit? Just keep it a stack, Fuko. Is this some, like, you know, some non-scientific, unempirical evidence-having bullshit, Fuko? And she says yes. And I'm not going to explain it to you because... You ain't gonna believe it anyway, and it's just gonna get you tight. We cut to May second, twenty fifteen. Uh, I guess the next, literally the next day after that, Fuko is chilling uh in Paris, France, something, and she's talking about how she sticks out in places like this. Yeah, cause you look like you don't give a fuck about your outer appearance, Fuko. God damn, you can dress <laughs> nice sometimes. You can yeah. throw on a dress sometimes. You wear that same shirt sometimes. for sixteen years. Jesus, yeah, come on, yeah, for centuries, two hundred years. It says good luck. I get it, but you could get other clothes that say good luck on it. You're Fuko. <laughs> you own this world. I hope basically. that at the very least she has like multiple copies of that shirt, and she's just wearing them. I suppose. Well, anyway, so. She's talking about 200 years on this planet, and I still stick out. Okay, okay. okay. Well, she's thinking, so she's waiting for someone to show up, and she's thinking, like, you know, if she can't guess that I'm here, then her power isn't really, like, you know, valid, and she's not going to be chosen to be a negator. Uh, but if she does guess uh, right, then, uh, you know, we'll be able to carry out our plan. Uh, well, a promise that a 4.8 billion year old promise that I made to the both of you, crazy. And, it, and here comes Latla pulling up, and she's like, "Damn, like you said, we reunited in 16 years, but you never specified a date." 
Like, how the fuck was I supposed to find you? And Fuko's like, oh, I never doubted you. Come on. And <laughs> and just for everyone that may not remember, Lala has, and because I didn't remember this, <laughs> she has a fortune-telling abilities that are separate from her negator ability, which I forgot what it was already. Um, but anyway, she just has fortune powers just because. I guess there are people. I guess there are mutants and stuff in this world. She should have got the rest of the mutants. That would have been helpful. Yeah, she's destiny anyway. right now. She's pretty. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. Right. So, um, yo. So apparently, Fuko met Latla when she was like, I guess five or something like that, really young. And um, that was the same day that the, her little sister's incurable illness got discovered. Um, and, that, and like she made a promise, you know, Fuko made a promise to, uh, to Fuko. I mean, Fuko made a promise to Latla saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to help you guys out in 16 years. Just remember to pull up to me, you know? Um, and it's hilarious because like, Fuko forgot to tell her what day to meet her on because it could have been any point of that year or like maybe that same day that year, but she didn't specify. And she, like, I was like, oh, you know, I, I like, did you like, were you relying on my fortune telling skills to like get us there? And Fuko's in her head thinking, nah, I just forgot. And she said, yeah, of course I believe in you. <laughs> and Lala's like, yo, you lying, right? And she said, yeah. <laughs> just like that. Uh, so anyway, lot like it's straight down to business. She's like, Ooh, so what's the deal? What's good? You know, you either going to tell me what, what, you know, the information you got, or am I going to look into your future with this crystal ball here? And Foucault's like, yo, calm down. You know, I'm going to let you know what the situation is. So I guess she tells her about everything that happened in the previous loop uh, with you know, and I guess she gives her probably the whole negator story too, et cetera, et cetera. She she gets a lot of love to speed just like we are. And um, you know, lets them know about how they killed the sister when their negator abilities activated and how they basically kept going hard to reverse that <laughs> throughout the rest of the loop. So um it's funny because Lila makes a point and says that you guys were trying to save the world, whereas our only goal was to save my little sister, which is really cynical. But Fuko's like, I don't know. Fuko says that, oh, does that mean you can't trust me after all? And she's like, no, that's not it. I'm just thinking about how he's a good man after all. That jerk rip that is. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, Rip is a is a edgy boy. The edgiest so boy. You know what I mean? So he's got a dark side. He's a he's a bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he's a I bad guess, boy with a heart of gold. The fact that he cared about the sister so much to try to save her and stuff, and that they went on a lifelong journey to try to revive her meant that he's not that bad of a guy. Not at all. Yeah, well, I don't know, whatever. So <laughs> Um, and she makes a point and she's like, yo, like, he ain't trying to get at me, right? Even though I look just like my sister, because I, I guess ripping the sister out of thing. 
And she says, does that mean I'm not attractive? That kind of pisses me off. It's like she goes back and forth, like, in the same breath. Um, but, you know, Foucault... She, uh, Foucault tells her that, you know, Rip giving his all for your little sister's sake did play a part, but the most important reason is because you're so kind. Basically telling her, like, yo, it was really me. Foucault's smart. He knows how to butter someone up. Yeah. But anyway, so, you know, skipping ahead again to the point, like, you know, like, last, like, what should I do in this loop to save my sister? And Foucault doesn't really know, right? I guess she doesn't really know. It is kind of, I'm kind of guessing she doesn't have a concrete answer to this. And I'll talk more about that later. But, um, you know, Foucault says to herself that she'll bring change for sure and she's like listen this tragedy involves your two abilities um so the best option is to make you two negators you already meet the conditions miss latla but mr rip on the other hand so um Lala's like, you know, if you're concerned about whether he's skilled enough to become the vessel for unrepair. Because you have to meet the conditions to get unrepair in the first place, I guess. But, you know, he's made a name for himself in the field as an authority in the field of cardiology. Um, he's been globetrotting, learning. Um, like, basically, the pl- I guess Foucault or like 16 years ago, set that plan in motion and told them what they should aim to do for for Lila to work on her fortune-telling skills and for uh, Rip to be the best surgeon he can be in order for them to both uh, gain their negator abilities. So, mm-hmm. you know, and Lila's saying that Rip is even more amazing than his past self. I'm, Yeah, he says, I'm positive that jerk as he stands is even more amazing than his past self. That's where the uh, title came from. Very weird phrasing. <laughs> or perhaps I'm the ignorant one. It's not technically wrong, but it's 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 going out of its way to sound weird. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> all right, TJ Kubo, this is the second time I've referenced him. <laughs> What's going on? Death and strawberry and... Anyway. Day yeah. aside. And I was on Dead on Luck. Yeah. Oh, cool. Christian, would you like to give your thoughts? Well, this week, uh, I'm I, I enjoyed this a fair bit. I Rip has never really been one of my favorites, to be Neither honest. Neither is my yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of he- hoping this kind of turns me around uh, on it. It is funny to me that like over the course of this second loop, uh, Foucault has just been going to these people as children to like groom them into being soldiers for her future army. (laughs) Just be like, hey, I have the solutions to all your problems, but you got to be an adult first and fight in my war. Work really hard. And then I'll indoctrinate you. (laughs) I kid, obviously. Yeah, kind of crazy. I kid, obviously, but it it just is a funny thing that happens in the series. Like when you say it out loud like that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, obviously the context is that eventually these guys are going to come up against a tragedy that's going to change them anyway. So the, the point of this is to get ahead of that and to, at, at the very least, 
get their power have them get their powers under less depressing circumstances um, yeah but yeah I, I i like this chapter a fair bit i'm opening i'm open to like this uh this arc changing me around on latla and and rip um it's it's just that even like i don't know i feel like i've always felt like i didn't i never knew enough about these characters in particular even though we've gotten a bunch of backstory on them i still don't know why latla can just tell the future um she just can bro <laughs> um god has blessed her yeah but I'm looking forward to it. I mean, if any, if there's anything that the loops have done is that they've reinforced a lot of characters that were already pretty well built in the previous loop. So these are very specific, uh, you know, breakdowns of each of these characters that uh, we didn't get before. So I'm excited on that level, at least to get something out of that. But those are all my thoughts, really. Um, Josh, what did you think? Um, this is a cool chapter. Uh, not, I, I, like I mentioned, I too don't really care too much about Rip and Latla, but I have a big theory. Um, it's not very complex, but to put it, to put it frank, I think this is going to be the first time Foucault isn't successful in saving them. Mm. And, um, I don't know. It's the feeling, it's the fact that there's been a lot of setup towards this already. Like, and, you know, I've, I've just been waiting for the other shoe to, the fall to kind of add deeper stakes to this. And um, I just wonder how he's going to go about it. Mm. Excuse me. I'm not going to be mad if, if they save the little sister. That's, that's fine. You know, it's just that I feel like if there's going to be another tragedy, this is a sad one. And imagine like Fuko having blood on her hands, you know, like thinking that like, like, you know, thinking that she saved the situation, but it ended up turning out a little bit worse. That would be crazy, yo. Mm. And then maybe an arc about her not being able to recover from that and, you know, having to be uplifted. That would add some complexity, some depth to this uh, to this story, I believe. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, I think that would be really... How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I don't know. I feel that? like that would be... Um, it would be interesting, but I don't know if they'd actually go that route because I think everybody's... The point of all this is to just like have these characters not have to lose everything in order to gain their powers. It'd be weird if like only these guys got the sad thing that happened to them to happen to them again. But it could because they were theirs was like extra tragic. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe it happening in a different way. Maybe mm-hmm. instead of the sister dying, Latla dies, maybe. It could very well be. I don't know. I don't think someone needs to die for the story to be more interesting. I, I just, I mean, I'm not a writer. You know what I'm saying? I, no, I, I know what you mean. It's more like a, I think you're like, like talking on a more variety thing because everybody's been able to succeed so far. It feels like there should be, in theory, there should be one person who's like, won't make it through, if that makes sense. Yeah. You can even give it the angle like God has finally started to truly interfere because he's like, no, 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 Fuko, you're doing too much. <laughs> you're doing too well. You, you dirty bitch. Jesus. Stop it. You're crushing it too hard. 
We're gonna put a stop to this shit. Pat your own luck to these motherfuckers. You care about everybody, right? <laughs> you well, care so much, huh? Yeah, were well, those all your thoughts? I will spite you. Hey, um, you know, you've been spited. All right. With that being said, uh, that was Undead Unlock. Uh, and that, oh, oh, by the way, I do have the really good chapter of the week result. Uh, let me actually pull it up. I, I forgot. I wanted to give it more time just because, like, I put What was it, up, it for last week? I missed it. I didn't have it last week, but I did have it this week. Um, okay. We decided to do this on the day of, so it may not be the fairest poll uh, because I just put it up immediately after we confirmed that we'd be able to do this, but world trigger won uh, by one vote wow. to be fair. Um, wow. So, you know, <laughs> world triggers, the audience voted really good chapter of the week. So there you go. There's, I'm going to do the drop once I switch apps. Uh, there it is. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. And uh, with that, that has been our show. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, as per usual, you could find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Josh at JD Cole underscore 37 on Instagram at New Gym City Josh on Twitter. Brian is at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram. Catch him when he streams video games at twitch.tv slash it's punchline. Uh, email the show itself at New Gym City. Oh, follow the show at New Gym City on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, email the show with your questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about. Uh, on the pre-show chat show on our uh, on, uh, on our email endujipcitypod at gmail.com or please comment under the video version of the podcast that you're watching uh, let us know what you guys think about the podcast anything you guys want us to mention and we'll talk about it on the our pre-show chat show that we do uh, that comes out maybe like two days after every pod drops so hit us up on that uh, if you uh, while you're at it subscribe to the youtube channel i know we're not very uh visual right now but uh, my computer broke down some time ago and i'm saving up to get a new one i'm working off of a borrowed computer so i don't want to put it too through too much stress so until i get a new computer of my own uh it's going to be audio for a while but till then please subscribe uh keep the channel afloat that would be super nice of you if you appreciate the show uh, or, you know, whatever works for you. We do have audio versions available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And, yeah, with that being said, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week on New Jump City. Stay safe, New Jump Citizens. Peace out, y'all. Thanks for listening. Um, also, don't smoke crack. <laughs> That's a good lesson. Don't smoke crack, everyone.